Kira brother. Hey bro, how's it going? Yeah, good man. How's things? Yeah, not too bad. Still on half a lockdown. I think uh most of France uh, uh came off lockdown on Monday, but there's still a lot of restrictions, so um uh, keeping it safe and still still hanging around home. Yeah, for sure. Um bro, I was speaking of uh, Liam last week and he, and he said that he was looking forward to kind of lockdown um Kind of going back to normal, and uh, I guess you've you've got a few kids there with you. You managed to keep everyone busy and, and things during lockdown. Yep, um, I've implemented what my parents have, uh, what my parents did to me when I was younger, getting them to do all the fails. And uh, <laughs> so I think my kids are pretty keen to go back to school. But um, we're heading into summer here, so the weather's starting to get a lot warmer. So uh, the mm. kids are enjoying being outside and um, getting in the pool, which is a uh, which is a good thing. So your teaching skills are on point then? Oh, man, I, I'll tell you what. I give a lot of respect to the teachers, man, because uh, having to teach uh, 30 kids or so a class, I've only got two and I, I struggle. Um, patience gets a, uh, a test every day. But uh, no, it's a good. Uh, it's been a good process to be able to be, be involved with kids uh, teaching and learning, and um, mm. which is good. Uh, learn a few things myself. <laughs> nice shout out to all the parents holding it down for for school and, and also to the te- teachers out there as well um, who, who do it long term. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it um, into our intro and got heaps of questions come through for you if, if that's okay, bro. But uh, our sponsor today is uh, Peak Electrical. Uh, Glenn and the team there, thank you for supporting the club. I love your support. Um, for everyone that's joining us today on Instagram Live and. Maybe later on Spotify, we've got uh, Jerome Kaino uh, on with us tonight, or morning over there, uh, Papakuta High and St. Kindergarten's College, um, Auckland University. Was it your club team? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, Auckland for Modern Cup, obviously uh, Auckland Blues, uh, played a bit of Toyota of uh, Blitz, um, yep. currently at Toulouse. Uh, New Zealand Colts, including Player of the Year 2004, uh, Junior All Blacks, uh, a bit of Barbarians, and of course uh, the Mighty All Blacks, mate. Uh, welcome to the Botany Pod, brother. Thanks for having me, brother. <laughs> all good, all good. Um, bro, I listened to your chat uh, with DC a few days ago. Um, yeah. Sorry, Dan Carter. I don't know, I was just calling him DC. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and your, uh, your French seems, seems all right at the moment. Oh, no, it's... Uh... <laughs> I, I know, uh, like, the greetings and uh, a few slang words with the boys. Um, I understand a lot of rugby French, um, which is which is enough. But uh, if, if someone were to come to me and start a conversation, I'd, I'd probably struggle because uh, when, when you live out here, you notice the different accents that people have and the, the, the different speeds that they talk in. Sometimes some of them talk way too fast and uh, you don't have a clue what they're talking about. But um, you kind of get a few words here and there which uh, point you in the right direction of what they're talking about. But uh, yeah. no, nah, my French isn't uh, where it should be. Yeah, I was going to welcome you in French, but I don't want to butcher it and, and bots it. But, um, 
Bro, uh, Liam said he loved the food, man. He's loving the food over there and stuff. Is that the same for you as well? Yeah, man, I love it. Um, you know, a lot of variety, and um, but uh, oh, I love I love meat. I love barbecues, and um, yeah. I'm big at barbecues here, so uh, um, it's right down my alley. But uh, in saying that, I do miss a lot of things from home. You know, the soul food that uh, you have when you have kōngaiis on Sunday, but. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's awesome here. Uh, the food, the culture, uh, the lifestyle—it's amazing. So it's been great for me and my family. So, so I was, I was going to ask the food you missed the most. So does the island food kind of chop suey, okra, and all that? Sorry, I lost you there for a second. Sorry, bro. All good. Um, so I was going to say uh, chop suey and and all the island food—the the food you missed the most from back home. Yeah. Definitely the mum's um, uh, cooking, although uh, my wife's pretty good at replicating some of the island feeds um, over here because they do sell kalu, uh, taro over here, which is oh, good. Uh, so you can get a lot of the, um, you can you can kind of make, make up some of the food that you get back home, but uh, nothing beats the real thing, the luau and the, uh, oh, man. And, and the real thing. Yeah. Bro, I live here and I miss it. Um, <laughs> bro, I just want to start at the beginning uh, somewhat. Like, uh, you made age grade teams in kind of the junior All Blacks. Um, when did it kind of cross your mind that, oh, you're like, hang on, I can make a career of this? Or was it quite early on? Or, mm. like, not until you made, made kind of Māori team or Auckland or, or Blues? Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't until I made... Uh... Back then, it was called Air New Zealand Cup or NPC, NPC. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't until I, I I got into the NPC team where I started to really believe in myself and and start to think that I can make a, a, a career out of it. Mm. Um, I, I uh, growing up in the Auckland uh, region, there are a lot of awesome players that didn't really make it. They made it all the way up to the academies but didn't really... Um, um, push on and for me that was always in my mind that uh, never mm. take those positions for granted even though I made those age grades um, just to always keep pushing because uh, uh, you're only one opinion away from not making the team and um, uh, and that could be it so just uh, I just tried to work as hard as possible and um, I was lucky enough to keep, keep going and make a career out of it but uh, yeah it wasn't until uh, I made the, the Auckland team and when the belief started to grow. And and when you come through that Colts uh, setup, bro, um, like when we look back now and see all the huge names that come through it, like Lomu, Spencer, Mertz and all that, are you ever aware of it at the time that, like, oh, man, all these guys that have come before me through this team, like, I'm, I'm on the right path here? For the New Zealand teams or the Colts, New Zealand Colts? Yeah, New Zealand, yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, it did cross my mind, but for me, it was uh, it was just the opportunity to wear the the, the fern, uh, the black jersey. Mm. That was uh, um, for me. That was the biggest uh, shock to be able to sit there and have the black jersey in front of you. And uh, it's for anyone that has their uh, their first silver fern or their first black jersey. It's uh, for them. That's a huge milestone. So uh, yeah, definitely thinking about the past teams and the past players that went through that team. But uh, for me, it was just making sure that uh, 
I didn't stuff up stuff up in the black jersey <laughs> and make sure I, I did it justice. Nice. And um, bro, in two thousand four, you kind of make Blues. Uh, sorry, uh, Auckland for the first time. Two thousand six Blues. Um, what's it like going into those environments for the very first time, bro? It's kind of a probably a young kid of the team, and is it just like mind blowing, or you can't believe that you, that you're there, or what's what's that whole feeling like? Yeah, it was uh, for the Blues and, and for Auckland. They were, uh, when I first got into the team, that like the likes of uh, Keith Muse, giving me a lot of the Carlos Spencers. Um, you know, at that time, Ronnie Clark was still in the team, um, so. There were quite a few of us uh, that came through the grades together and made that team together, um, like Ben Artinga, John Arpoor, Joe Kafoka. So we were all uh, in there together. So it was, it was mm. good for me to have uh, some guys in the same boat to be able to uh, uh, be starstruck together, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to pinch myself for a couple of seasons there um, that I was actually going to work and going to play. Uh, play every day with these guys and train so it was a it was an awesome time and um you know mm. for me still being around those guys i still uh pinch myself because uh, the other guys i used to watch on tv when i was younger and and yeah. there i was um training with them and did anyone kind of any of the senior boys take you under their wing look after you or yeah when i when i first got into the blues uh i was lucky there were a lot of senior guys um which, um, you know, Pacific Island boys, like Brad Mika, uh, Kevin Bialamu definitely uh, mm. was one of the senior guys who uh, helped point us in the right direction. Um, Santu Tupo, those were the guys that had, been, that had been in the environment for a long time. So I, I was very lucky that uh, uh, I had guys like that to lean on whenever I had any concerns or... Um, I was struggling to learn anything. They they uh, helped me a lot, and um, it's awesome to to be able to still uh, be close with them and be be good mates with them now. Yeah, and I read I read today that um you you made kind of your first All Black end of year tour before you played Blues. Was that correct? And kind of um what's that? What's getting into that environment like? Like your first kit day? That must be pretty mad. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, uh, you you see videos of it uh, nowadays, and mm. uh, you know back then I had heard a lot of stories uh, uh, about when the when the All Blacks get their kit and uh, that it's like Christmas, and uh, it really is. It's so you walk into a big room and there's uh, all this Adidas gear laid out uh, in the room, and um, you know, for me it was yeah, it was like Christmas just to be able to be amongst these legends and also just to, to be in a room where you get to just go grab a lot of gear. So, um, yeah, that definitely for a, for a first-time All Black is a, is a huge highlight. Yeah. And do you consider that Barbarians game your, your debut? Or is that how it works or is it kind of your first test match? No, I, I consider it as my first game but not my first uh, test match. Um, yeah. I talked to my dad a lot about it, and he he only considered my first All Black test was when I played like the real games, like uh, yeah. Tri Nations and the the Australias, the South Africans. The, uh, although it was a proud moment to, to pull on the black jersey, I, I really wanted to work hard to be in the uh, 
uh, be involved in a All Black Test match where we play uh, Australia in South in South Africa. So after the Barbarians game, it took a couple of years to do that, but uh, yeah, I was I was happy I got to uh, get that opportunity. Yeah, and and I guess in two thousand six, when you do make that official uh, All Blacks or Test debut, um, is it overwhelming or like how do you control your emotions that you get to put on the jersey for the first time? Head out there, do a haka, and do, do the anthem. Like, is it just like it must be a mad first experience? Like when you head out, head out there. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, like the first time I was in Hamilton, I came off the bench, so I was uh, I, I had a bit of time to process uh, when I was going to get onto the field, and um, um, so that kind of went smoothly. But my first ever start was uh, the week after in, at Eden Park. Uh, I'd say that uh, the emotions and the the whole uh, occasion um, mm. that. Definitely was overwhelming for me. Um, I didn't think I played that well in that game. Um, so, uh, which is a good, uh, which is a good thing. It was a huge learning for me to be able to hopefully improve uh, if I did ever uh, get another chance. But the good mm -hmm. thing now is that uh, younger players have a lot of support in terms of uh, mental preparation and uh, uh, making sure they prepare mentally before the, they get out there. And um, you see now that. First test, all blacks go out there and absolutely kill it because uh, mm. the mental side of things have been taken care of. Yeah, I'd love to chat to someone about that one day because I know there's a big kind of psychology behind it, or maybe like a team psychologist or something that I've heard of. Um, mm. Bro, what, what were your, what were your hacker skills like in that, that first few games? Not that good. Uh, <laughs> I made sure that I was close to the middle middle back just to just to protect myself, just in case I made a mistake. But um, uh, for me, I practiced in front of the TV many years, but uh, <laughs> to actually do it with <laughs> actually do it with the team on the field, it's a, it's a different feeling. So it was a huge buzz, but uh, I, I wouldn't say my hacker skills were ever yeah, any good. Unreal. <laughs> um, bro, and when you come into the All Blacks uh, for the first time, is there a rough understanding you know how there's of the responsibility of an all black or kind of um the standards that you have to adhere to or do you learn that on the go yeah you learn it on the go um obviously the you know coming into the all black environment that uh um it's for you it's one of the best teams in the world and um making sure that you make every every everything uh go as smoothly as possible. But when you go into the team, uh, the leadership group, the coaching staff, they have everything planned out so they make sure that you're learning every day. And, uh, yep, you learn the what the expectations um, uh, from day one, what's expected, um, uh, how to carry, carry yourself. But they don't expect you to be anyone different or to, to be anyone else. They, they want you to be your the best version of yourself. But uh, just to make sure that you're a bit well aware of it, and um, making sure that you're making the the all black environment a better, better environment uh, as you stay in there longer. Yeah, and I, I guess a question that kind of relates to that, I spoke with uh, Ezra. Uh, I think he's he's uh, listening in. Um, yeah, and he, he mentioned a story. <laughs> I think he mentioned a story that one uh, one time Kevin 
I won't get into the story, but Kev, Kev said one time, um, you're an all-black 24-7. Um, is that something you still carry with you today, like on the way you up, up, uphold yourself and kind of things like that and other teams that you go on? Yeah, I try to. Um, I, I don't think of it uh, consciously. Um, you, you see it when you when you go around uh, to different countries and especially being here in Toulouse because they, they view you as an All Black and um, mm. especially winning, winning World Cups. Uh, they, they, they see you as that person. So I've got to make sure as as a player first that I'm I'm playing to that standard and and um but uh also the other things around the team environment uh, also as a person they 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 they're watching everything that you do to make sure that mm. uh what they used to see when you're in the all black environment is uh is what they're getting so yeah. Um, first, uh, as a as a player, I make sure that I'm I'm playing to the standard that uh, they they view me as. Awesome, love that insight. Eh? So I, I love talking to to some of you guys about um, what what kind of went on um, behind the scenes, which is kind of where I want to go now. I, like I have to touch on the World Cup, bro, and, and that first one before the injuries and stuff. I've spoken with Powell about it before, and he said, "Yeah." Every, Everyone was kind of normal, but with all those injuries that happened, then what was kind of the feel amongst the team, kind of leading into the back end of the comp? Man, it was crazy. I think it was one uh, captain's run before the Canada game in Wellington. It was there at um, mm. um, Rugby League Park. We were just mucking around. I think the forwards were doing uh, lineouts, and then um, you just saw all the backs walk into the sheds, like no laughter, no nothing, because usually they're the loudest ones. <laughs> uh, usually you hear scucks. Um, I don't know he would be the loudest as well, but they were all quiet walking in. We we didn't have a clue what was happening, and then we went in and we heard that uh, DC had uh, done his groin, just uh, goal kicking. So mm. all the boys were like, "What?" And um, but uh, uh, Graham Henry just brought the boys in and um, made sure we we're focused on that game and just. Uh, Whatever happens, happens. That DC will take care of himself, and uh, and uh, Richie as well. He he brought the boys in and made us uh, focus on what was at hand. And then after DC got injured, then um, Colin Slade got injured, and then we're on to uh, Aaron Cruden, and then uh, Beaver. But uh, for us, we uh, we believed in ourselves. Whether who, no matter who uh, who got injured or who who was at number ten. And um, I think uh, the the belief within that uh, the team being at home as well helped a lot. Uh, mm. Being around our friends and family and our supporters, uh, I think that's all got us through. But we we had a lot of belief in that, that team. Nice. And oh, did did you know uh, Richie was injured at that time with his foot, or was that kept well under kind of covers? Uh, I'd I'd heard about it. I'd never seen him hobbling or anything. Um, I remember one time um, uh, Brad, we were doing a drill and Brad Thorne must have stood on his foot uh, just just at training, doing a drill. But then uh, Richie, just he, he wasn't hobbling or anything. He just walked to the side and uh, just did some stretches. But uh, you kind of knew that uh, something was going on, but I never knew the, the, the seriousness of it. Gee, so that's it's, tough, uh, eh? That's crazy, eh? Um, bro, that, that final whistle goes in 2011 and uh, I just remember Ma'a and uh, Power running on 
But what are those changing rooms like after, bro, and that kind of next, I want to say 12 hours like of celebrations? Was, was it just real cool and uh, fulfilling for you dudes? Oh, man. It was, uh, I think the the first emotion was relief. Oh. Um, just because of the nature of the game and how well the French played, how close the final was. And um, so for me, the first feeling was relief. And then after that, it was just, man, just uh, how happy I was for the guys who had to uh, endure being in the team to, in 2007 and, mm. and 2003 as well. So for me, it was just uh, how happy I was to be able to be involved with those guys and, uh, and see them see them celebrate it. But uh I was just really, happy, really proud and happy uh, for the country, for my family, and uh, to be able to do it at home in front of them. And even going back to back, bro, like new group, kind of same passion. Um, and, I, and I think I read that there's only like maybe twenty to thirty players who have the double um, ever um, of of all countries. So um, that must have been pretty special for that new group, and, and you as as maybe more of a senior. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome to do it in England because um, a lot of a lot of people, especially from uh, the northern hemisphere, were doubting us that we couldn't do it outside of New Zealand. Mm. And I think that's one of the pillars that kind of motivated us that uh, people are saying we can't do it and uh, outside of New Zealand. So we we uh, had to try and uh, work our asses off to try and make sure that it, that it happened. And uh, man, that was a that was an awesome. Awesome final as well to be able to send off some, uh, five legends of the game in our team. Um, send them off with that, that World Cup. It was, it was amazing. Does it hit a bit bit more uh, special when... Because um, I think you were the only American Samoan to ever represent the All Blacks. And I'm not really sure if there was more. But um, that, that must be pretty special being uh, able to, to represent kind of... With the Samoa and American Samoa as well. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's a special feeling to be able to represent your uh, uh, your heritage. Uh, I think uh, Frank Solomon was the first American mm. Samoan All Black before me. So yeah. um, uh, to be able to represent American Samoa and Samoa is uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, I don't know too much about my American Samoan. Uh, side because uh, uh, yep. mum and dad lived there for a bit and then most of, most of my family are in uh, Samoa but um, I'd love to go back to American Samoa one day but um, yeah I'm still proud to be able to fly that flag um, and the Samoan flag as well so it's something that I hold close to me. Awesome bro. Um, bro last couple of questions before we get into Got some ones from the followers, but um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, bro, like, because um, every time I, I meet a, a footy player, especially in All Black, after I get to know them, bro, they're just down to earth, normal guys, like, just chatting like, like we are now. Um, what's it like when people come up to you for, like, pics and, or to talk and they're all shy and kind of acting all weird? Like, is, is it weird kind of having that interaction with people or are you kind of used to that whole buzz now? Uh at first, it was really weird, but uh, I, I enjoy that side of it, um, especially when kids come up and um, 
ask for photos or an autograph. It's uh, it's something that gives me a lot of enjoyment um, mm. from from rugby or from uh, being a well, uh, being a known uh, sportsman. Um, yeah, but when people come up and they uh, shy, you try and make them feel as comfortable as possible um, yeah. to to make sure that you uh, to to let them know that you're just human. But um, I think throughout all all rugby teams or any uh, every international team or every well known uh, rugby player that I've known, uh, we're all quite uh, down to earth people. Um, I think especially in New Zealand. Um, so it's uh, crazy for me uh, just recently watching that um, the last dance, the the NBA yeah. uh, docker, and yeah. um, seeing the 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 egos in uh, American sports. Uh, I I can't see any rugby player or any any player that I've known through rugby have that type of uh, or level of of ego. Um, mm. It's for for us New Zealanders or even Islanders. It's quite a quite a down to earth game or um we're quite down to earth people compared to what I what I saw there. Is uh is MJ the goat for you? Yeah. Yeah he yeah. is the goat though. Growing up was he before... basketball cards and um yeah watching him and plus my team's the Bulls as well from that from that era. Um although the two thousands it's uh, been a long suffering um a few years yeah. for the Bulls supporters but uh, I'm still 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 a Bulls Bulls man. That's right. You got to go to a game too, eh? And you're down on centre court. Yeah. Oh, I didn't go oh, to centre court. We're, we're up in the nosebleed section, but we got to. Yeah. We still got to watch a Bulls game and um, the Cavaliers as well. So uh, LeBron was there playing, uh, which was yeah. which was pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, bro, just quick question on, on footy uh, in general in France, New Zealand, and Japan. Um, diff- different styles or kind of what's what's the training like? Like, I heard Japan they train their house down like mm. um, all the time. Uh, is it much different in France? Uh, it's a lot different here in France. Um, I, the way we train is a lot different to definitely different to Japan, but uh, a lot more similar to New Zealand. Mm. But we have a lot more uh, unit training, so a lot more line outs, malls um set piece and then then we get into um like team plays but um i think we spend a lot more time uh, in our units with forwards and backs than we do as a team but um yeah. i think it works for our game here um they play we we hear it uh, to lose we play a lot of conditioning games and um just the just the skills um playing what's in front of you and I think that's the French game as well they're so instinctive with the way they play mm. and their skills are uh, oh, honestly they're, some of the talent they have in, here in France they could be the best team in the world pretty soon if they keep uh, going the way they are because they've got such uh, young young kids coming through with some crazy skills so um, I, I think it's a little bit similar to New Zealand but uh, a lot more set piece focused yeah yeah, they have to be due a World Cup at some point, man. Like, they're just yeah. too good. A little bit hot cold, but um, bro, uh, quick questions from followers, man. And uh, Ezra did come through with the first one. Uh, he said, <laughs> "If you could, if you could play for another Super Rugby franchise, who would it be?" If I could play for another Super Rugby franchise, uh, um, it'd have to be the Chiefs. 
because I grew up in um, <laughs> sorry, 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 Hurricane supporters. <laughs> It'll have to be the Chiefs because I grew up in the counties region. Um, so I was halfway between uh, the Bruins oh, yeah. and Chiefs. So a lot of my uh, childhood uh, legends were from either the Chiefs or the Blues that I got to see. Um, like um, growing up in Papakura, we had like Jim Coe, who's from uh, not far from Papakura. Kola Takina, I'm not too sure if you remember, uh, number eight. Yeah, I and obviously Jonah, um, Bindiri. So a lot of those guys um, were from around the counties, Chiefs, Blues region. So uh, if it wasn't the Blues, it'd be the Chiefs. All good. I know Benny Martin's watching there. He'll, he'll love that. Um, did you get any offers to move franchise while you were here? No. It was always uh, 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 always the Blues. But um, coming back from Japan, I was I was really close to going to the Chiefs, but um, that, that didn't um, go through. Obviously, with my relationship with Liam, because mm. uh, the Blues were quite full at that time. And then um, we just happened to make it. We made it happen to go back to the Blues, and uh, which was which was good. Good to be home. Awesome. Uh, Hack come through um, saying we we lost to England last year in the World Cup. Uh, he he said that we didn't have a Kino presence. <laughs> um, what was your take on that semi, bro? Like, were England too fast, or should we have put Bodie back at ten and and just normal team? Or what, what were your thoughts after that game? Oh, I just think England played the perfect game. Um, mm. It was it was just their day. Uh, you saw periods in their game where uh, the classic All Blacks were slowly feeling their way back into the uh, into the test, and then um, uh, normally the All Blacks would uh, uh, grind their way back into the game and uh, usually win it. But I think England just played the perfect game on the perfect day. Mm. Um, I don't think I think they just got too much confidence uh, early on and and held off. But I think they've been studying the All Blacks for a very long time and they've been waiting for that day. So um, I I just think it was England's day. I don't think um, uh, the All Blacks were missing anything. I don't think uh, there wasn't uh, anything that they lacked. I think it was just uh, England just played every single facet of their game perfectly. Um, and uh, people that are saying that uh, they missed a, a dominant number six, I think Artie was holding it down uh, during that World Cup. And oh, I think that loose four trio played, uh, they complemented each other. They played perfectly. But uh, in that semi, I just think England were just too too good and you have to give it up to them. But if we were to meet again, uh, I think the All Blacks would uh, learn a lot from that semi-final and they'll get their payback. <laughs> Completely agree. Um, our, our resident Bommy uh, Archie come through and asked if it's the Blues year, uh, kind of a in-conference competition here in New Zealand. Uh, they were looking quite quite good, I guess, uh, prior. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the Blues this year? Uh, watching from France, is a, uh, I can sense a good uh, good vibe coming out of the, the Blues um, uh Blues environment. Um, I don't want to push put any pressure on the on the boys or anything, but uh, yeah, they've got something good going on there. I, I was lucky enough to visit their captain's run while I was back in New Zealand um, uh, in in January, and uh, they all seem to have a good uh, team culture going and oh. got something good. So hopefully, um, I'll, I'll always be supporting them regardless. 
but uh, no, I definitely feel like something's um, something good's happening over there, and uh, hopefully we can give uh, the rest of the Super Rugby teams in New Zealand a, a good run this year. Sure. Um, very much. That could come through uh, Sky TV and, and the TAB there. He asked, um, Barry, how much potential do you see in Akira? Man, he's a freak. Uh, I see a lot mm. of potential in him. Um, I, I'd love for him to get a crack in the, uh, in the all-black environment and to learn and absorb a lot of information because he's got a lot of raw talent and um, Whenever a forward is running around with the outside backs and, and beating majority of them, uh, and you see what he does when he does get an opportunity within the Blues, he's uh, he's crazy, man. And I'd love for him to be in that environment to hopefully hone his skills and when he gets the chance to to just explode. And um, oh, I see so much potential in him. He's, he's one of the most naturally gifted players that I've ever been lucky enough to play with. And um, oh, I hope he... Um, he does get back out there on the field and um, does his thing. Yeah, I felt like this was going to be his year too. Um, mm. But, uh, bro, this is a funny one. Christian <clears throat> Rathwell comes through uh, asking, has anyone ever told you that they, they named their kid after you? And he's asking on behalf of his son, Kino Rathwell. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't... Uh, I've heard a few... Um, Dogs have been named after my last name, like uh, Kano. <laughs> but just recently, one of my mates in Melbourne, uh, Leo, Leo said, uh, um, he um, just told me that he named his son after me. But uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's awesome when you hear those kind of stories. It's uh, it's pretty cool. But awesome. uh, shout out to Kano, Brathwell. Uh. <laughs> um, my brother sent for a message um, said he'd done the Jerome Kino circuit and he sent me a picture of it and I was like 50 burpees 53 yeah. and all these other things is that something you put out regularly just a cheeky workout for people to do? No it was, um, it was from it was an initiative from our trainer um, oh, at yeah. the Blues Jace and um, he, so whenever you play 100 games for the Blues uh, he, he'd put out a a workout named after you, and uh, we had had a couple of meetings, and um, so usually you put your strengths out there on on a workout because you have to do it yourself before everyone mm. else does it. So he asked me what what exercises I like, and I told him I don't like any of the exercises. <laughs> uh, well, I asked him if my workout could be like a recovery session, like in, in the hot bath and then cold bath, and he was like, no. And so uh, he then he asked me what exercises I don't like. So I said burpees, beer crawls. Oh. So he decided to put he decided to put the exercises I don't like in my workout. And then uh, once he came up with it, I had to do it first. And I think I still got probably one of the worst times out of most of the blues boys that have done it. So um, it's good to have a a painful workout named after you. But the worst thing is that you have to keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks for that. Um, bro, we always play a start, start bench drop uh, with whoever comes on. Um, and I figured we'll use our Patoni uh, All Blacks. So if you could start bench or drop, Tana, Naza, or Pal, what would you go with? So I had to start bench start, and drop. Start, one of, yep. Yeah. Start Tana, bench, Naza, drop, Pal. 
Cool. Unlucky. Unlucky. Um, Fred, what's a Jerome Kano cheat meal? What's your favorite cheat meal? Oh, man. So many. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Taro and coconut cream, chop soy, and luo. Oh, man. Yeah. So good. That combo. Oh. Yeah. Or, um, uh, if you've been to Auckland, um, it's not there anymore, but Mercury Plaza. There's a wonton noodle soup, roast pork wonton noodle soup. Uh, if yeah. it ever comes back up, that's uh, a lot of people. A lot of people in the rugby circles will know Mercury Plaza. So yeah. roast pork wonton noodle soup that that goes down pretty good. Nice. Um, pre-game music. Are you, are you a music guy before before playing? Um, yeah, oh, I'm into anything. Uh, reggae, hip hop country music even so I, yeah. I listen to all sorts of things just depends how I'm feeling but um, yeah whatever's whatever's going a bit of sample music as well so mm. yeah man I'm so thankful you see that I have all these drum and bass guys just do, do my head in country music as well <laughs> good man yeah um, are you got any traditions or superstitions before you, you strap up any quirks no not really um but uh, there's only one thing that I always do for a game is that uh, I write uh, Philippians 4.13 on my wrist and um, yeah. mum and dad and, and my wife and kids' names on my wrist. That's uh, one thing that I always do. Uh, apart from that, I'm not really superstitious, so it's just enjoy enjoy game day and um, go out there and enjoy yourself. Awesome. Um, a few more questions just to finish. Uh, uh, I think it might have been your partner come through um, the Kano tribe. Oh, no. um, she said, what's for breakfast, if you haven't already cooked your breakfast? And uh, she asked how, how she can get you to wear socks, bro. <laughs> to wear socks? Bro, a couple oh, yeah, of people me- messaged through about your feet, eh? No. Man, but the, the normal salmon, flat feet, always wearing yeah. sandals, even in the winter, so... <laughs> Can't complain how my feet turn out, but uh, yeah, exactly. in terms of breakfast, I think it's uh, fresh air, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, bro, Coach Collier come through saying, "Who's made the bit- biggest impact on you or in your career?" Um, who's made the biggest impact? Uh, player, I'd say. Uh, Kevin Bellum, mm. uh, just uh, because I've always been involved with him throughout uh, Auckland, Blues, and lucky enough the All Blacks. But uh, there were there were some tough times there where I wasn't getting selected and I wasn't playing really well. And uh, Kevy would always be one of the ones that would always be in my ear about uh, um, just making sure that I'm uh, I'm improving every day or making sure I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, just the little things. And uh, I think Kevy would, uh, uh, he'd, uh, he'd be the one that a lot of the younger Island boys would uh, always be leaning to whenever they needed advice um, about improving themselves, uh, being a better player. So uh, for me, it was Kevy would be the one that I'd nice. go to. So, uh 
definitely. Shout out to Kev. Uh, everyone says good things about him, eh? What a dude. Mm, um, very toughest person, toughest person that you've run into. Like played, played against. Yeah. Ooh, there's a couple. Is it? Yeah. Anyone yeah. ever got you good, and you're like, oh, not right. That was a bit yeah. hard. Um, I remember the game. I think it was Tanner's hundredth game at Eden Park. Yeah. I, I ran into. JC, but it was like a double tackle. I ran into JC. JC got me good. Uh, half knocked me out, and then Chris Marsoli came into the room and finished me off. So uh, I remember just being stopped in my tracks from JC, and then uh, after that, um, you try and do everything possible to try and avoid him. But um, I remember that vividly. Um, Definitely, JC would be one of the, the hardest guys that I've uh, ever run into. Mm. Um, but uh, non New Zealander, probably Thierry Dussetois. Yeah. Because he's, hey. he's, he's just relentless. Um, he'll hit you. And then the next 10 tackles after that would be just as hard. So he's uh, <laughs> he'd be one of the toughest guys. But uh, the hardest hit would be Thierry uh, JC. Awesome. Uh, last question here uh, for you, brother, is um, kind of what what does life after footy look like for you? Have you kind of maybe started planning for it or just worry about that later when you get there, business or coaching? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and my wife have been uh, uh, slowly planning, um, actually getting quite excited about it. But um, for me, I've I've still got this season to go on to lose and there are a few mm. options over here that uh, may be coaching but um, we'll have to uh, have a family discussion about a few of the few of the options because uh, being a long way from home and um, and the kids would uh, would have to make a decision whether they want to settle here or, or move back mm. home so there's uh, a lot of a lot of things that we need to need to figure out but um, I'm Oh, I'm kind of ready. The body's, body's uh, the mind wants to keep playing, but the body's uh, <laughs> probably telling me other other things. But um, no, I'm getting excited for that next uh, phase and the next journey, and um, whether it be back home or here in France. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. Awesome, bro. Well, uh, I reckon you've still got another five, six years, mate. Uh, and yeah, oh, I wish. Um, no way. <laughs> Um, bro, but um, I've taken up 45 minutes of your time, bro. But I really appreciate you oh, coming man. on. Privilege. Um, it's mad, Johanna, getting you guys on, on our small page and talking footy. But the thing I like the most, bro, is all the insights that, you, that get gets discussed and things that fans and, and people aren't aware of. So appreciate uh, you sharing your journey with us and uh, giving us your time as well, brother. I wish you all the best moving forward as well. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. We'll catch up soon, eh? Take care. Yeah. Good to have a fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.